Samuel chapter 17. First uh, Samuel chapter 17. You guys can go right in here. And uh, there's room on the front row next to the girls. And there's room here on the next row. And if you guys want to sit up front, that's fine. And uh, we're going to get some help. And uh, Malachi, just I'm going to go ahead and tell you who I'm going to need your help. Okay? All right, I'm going to need Malachi's help. And I'll need AJ's help. And I'll need Dominic's help. And I'll need Hunter's help. And I'll need Desmond's help. Let's just do all guys tonight. Okay? Sound good? All right. So, we, uh, not now, but when I tell you I need your help, you come up here. Okay? Sound good? All right. First uh, Samuel chapter 17. Thank you guys for coming tonight. And uh, this is our midweek family service throughout the entire summer. We're going to have the kids in with us. And kids will be helping lead worship every single week. They'll be praying with us every single week. They'll be giving testimonies every single week. And uh, we might not do it every single week of the summer just because of the schedule. Next week, we're still kind of up in the air because of camp and different things. Uh, got vacation Bible school the week after that. Uh, but Almost every week of the summer, we're going to have our kids in with us, and we're going to worship the Lord together. And we think about Safe House on Sunday morning with uh, Brother Joe, and uh, we have growth groups on Sunday night. Wednesday night, typically through the school year, we have master clubs. So this is a great opportunity for us to worship together as a church family with you and your children. So uh, we want to do that uh, tonight. So 1 Samuel chapter 17, we gave everybody a handout tonight, and uh, the handout has a coloring sheet on the back. And the reason we did it this way is we're telling the kids that if they want to take notes or they want to color a picture on the back, uh, at the end of the service, if they'll show that to uh, the lady at the table in the lobby, uh, they can get a snack, candy bar, whatever's out there tonight. Uh, if they just show that they have it, they don't have to turn it back in. So moms and dads make sure uh, that they bring it home because we want them to be able to keep those. Uh, and that'll be something that they can look forward to and participate even more in the service. First Samuel chapter 17, and uh, we're going to look at just five verses of Scripture. And so you guys have your handout ready, You're, those who are taking notes, those we got folks already coloring, which is awesome. Good stuff. And uh, we're going to talk about the story of David. We've been talking about uh, battles. And throughout the summer, uh, we're going to be talking about different battles in the Bible. AJ, you need to sit down. Find you a spot to sit. Uh, what, but we're going to talk about different battles in the Scripture. And when we get to verse number 40, which is where our text is tonight, uh, we see that David, remember guys, uh, David had already gone before Saul. And David had already tried on Saul's armor. And what happened? Did it fit or did it not fit? It did not fit. Uh, it was too big. And David said, I can't go out on the battlefield because I haven't tested this. I haven't proved this. And so I'm not going to wear this armor out onto the battlefield because I'm not prepared for this. So he goes out without armor, but he goes out not alone. Who goes with him? Jesus is with him. God's with him. He's going out because the battle is ultimately his. It's not our battle. The battle is the Lord's. And so when we look at 1 Samuel chapter 17, let's look at verse number, seven, uh, verse number 40. And the Bible says, And he took his staff in his hand and chose him five smooth stones out of the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag, which he had, even in a scrip. And his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. Now, if you're taking notes, number one, I want you to write down, number one is the stones. The stones. Number one, it'll be on the screen for you. The stones. Okay, so you can write that down. Number one, he took five stones to battle with him. But what are the five stones that we all need if we're going to go into battle against an enemy? 
What are the five stones that each of us, adults and kids, what are the five stones that we look to and say, I need these five things. If I'm going to face a spiritual battle in my life, what are the five things? The first one, I'm going to give all five of them to you and you can write them down. Number one is all of us need, number one, a relationship with God. Stone number one, a relationship with God. Now, remember I asked you guys to help me? All right, I need Malachi. Malachi, you come up and help me. And uh, I'm just going to have you stand up here just for this one thing, and then you go sit back down, all right? So you stand right there on the step. You hold that. Stone number one is a relationship with God. What's stone number one? A relationship with God. All right, so David was in this position going into battle because he had what? He had a relationship with God. This is something that was already established. He says in verse number 26, he said, hey, I'm just shocked that he would defy the armies of the living God. Why would David say something like that? Because he already had an established relationship with God. At this point, he'd already written Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He'd already spent time with the Lord out in the field watching the sheep and David knew where his strength came from and as he got older that strength became even greater and as we get older today in our culture we know that we're going to face hard times as we grow up we're going to face hard times and there are things in our life that we may or may not like and they, we look at battles that we face and say man it's not fun uh, there are things that we happen in our lives that we can't control uh, moms and dads that might mean the loss of a job uh, that might mean uh, the loss of a family member. Uh, that might mean a hardship. That might mean a physical ailment. Uh, for us as younger people, it might mean that uh, my parents split up. It might mean that uh, my mom or dad gets sick. Uh, it might mean that uh, I have to move. It might mean that I have to make new friends. There's all kinds of things that happen in our life that we're not ready for. But a relationship with God allows us to have somebody in the battle with us. As opposed to going into the battle all alone, David had a relationship with God. David had someone standing with him. So tonight we ask ourselves, number one, what's stone number one? Stone number one is a relationship with God. All right. So we ask ourselves the question tonight, do you have a relationship with God? Has there been a time in your life when you've trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Because you will struggle without the rock of Christ in your life. Moms and dads, you will struggle without the rock of Christ in your life. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 tells us that that rock that followed the children of Israel through the wilderness, that rock, that spiritual rock was Christ. The rock that we need in our life to stand on that will not be shaken is the Lord Jesus Christ. So if you've got a bag like David, those smooth stones, rock number one, stone number one is what? A relationship with God. All right. Thank you, Malachi. You can go sit down. Thank you, sir. All right. So, but what are the rest of the stones? Uh, that's the first stone, a relationship with God. But number two, what's the second stone? All right, AJ, I'm going to need your help. I need your help. You hop up here real quick. Stone number two is not just a relationship with God. Stone number two is the Word of God. Because the Word of God points us to God. And the Word of God is what teaches us the things about God. Step right there on that step just a little bit. Thank you, AJ. All right, so think about God's Word. David didn't take his Bible out on the battlefield, but he had God's Word in his heart. David didn't take his Bible, his New Testament, out on the battlefield, but he had God's Word in his life and confidence that the Lord would deliver him. See, adults, where do we go to find out the promises of God? We go to His Word. Uh, where do we go when we know and we see that we can have the strength that we need to face the battles in our life? We go to his word. 
Where do we go? And we see that he always wins no matter what. We go to his word. We have God's word as our stone of defense. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 says, For the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and joints in the mirror, and is a discerner of the thoughts and tents of the heart. What did David say in Psalm 119, verse 11? He said, Thy word have I hidden mine heart, that I might not sin against thee. So think about this. Stone number one is what? Relationship with God. All right, what's stone number two? The Word of God. All right, so what's number one? Relationship with God. What's stone number two? The Word of God. All right, what's stone number three? You don't know yet, do you? You can go sit down. All right, so think about this. You will not always have a copy of the Bible in your hand, but you can have God's Word in your heart. You might not always have a copy of God's Word in your hand. Somebody took his seat. Yes, sir. Okay. Ask somebody else, okay? I'm a little busy. Uh, so somebody help AJ and get him a seat, please, all right? See, so think about this. How much Bible in our life, practical application, here it is. Do you have the Word of God hidden in your heart? Do you have God's Word in your life? Are you doing anything to memorize Scripture? And think about uh, these kids. They're learning verses. They're hearing messages. They're learning songs. Hey, why do we do that? As they get older... The Lord brings those things back to their life. Hey, you can still remember some things that you learned in Sunday school too. You still remember lessons and teachers and people who invested in your life. Why do we do that? Because these kids are going to grow up. And they're going to face the same hardships that you and I face. And they need a rock, a spiritual rock in the Lord Jesus Christ. And they need to know that God's word is still true. And they need to know, hey, I, I've got something. I, I didn't even remember that verse. I learned that when I was a kid. And think about all of the things that you have learned growing up in church. And just the right moment when you need it most, God brings it back. Hey, his word does not return void, Isaiah tells us. And so when we think about those stones, that first stone, a relationship with God. Number two, the second stone is the word of God. Number three, what's that next stone? Uh, let me have uh, Dominic. Dominic, come up here and help me. Dominic, stone number three is, can you read that? Faith in God. There you go. All right, step on that first step. All right, so stone number three is faith in God. To say David had faith would be an understatement. You talk about somebody who's going to go out and face a giant bigger than anybody else on either side of the mountaintop, and he had dynamic faith in God. You see, faith is believing that God will do something even though we haven't seen it yet. Faith is believing the unknown. Faith is trusting that even though you might not see it right now, that it's still true. So I could say that in this box, this box is filled with Reese's peanut butter cups. Okay, now here, some of you already responded, all right? But here's my question. How do you know this box has Reese's cups in it? Uh, okay, all right. Brother Joe's already going where I'm, where I'm talking, all right? All right, so here, do you guys, do you believe, all right, Dominic, are there Reese's peanut butter cups in here? All right, thanks for destroying the illustration. All right. All right, so here we go. How many of you think, how many kids think that there are Reese's peanut butter cups? All right, well, hold on a second. Let me tell you this. Dominic, there are Reese's peanut butter cups in this box. Do you believe me? Okay. All right. There are Reese's peanut butter cups in this box. How many of you think there are Reese's peanut butter cups in this box? How many of you think there are not Reese's peanut butter cups in this box? Okay. 
All right, now here, here's a question. Who thinks that there are Reese's peanut butter cups in this box? All right, Liberty. There are Reese's peanut butter cups in this box. Okay, how do you know? You told me. I told you, okay? All right, has preacher ever lied to you? No. Okay, so based on what I have told you, and you know that I've never lied to you, you believe that there are peanut butter cups in this box, right? Okay, so how many of you don't think there are Reese's peanut butter cups in this box? All right, Malachi, all right, why don't you think there are Reese's peanut butter cups in this box? Doesn't look like Reese's cup, does it? Okay, but did I tell you that there are Reese's cups in here? Okay, all right. So you believe what you see more than what I said. Is that what you're saying? All right, okay, Shh. all right, let me see. Now, Malachi's helping me with the illustration, he doesn't even know it. How many times, adults, do we trust what we can see instead of what God has said? See, we know what God's word says. Hey, we have the word of God, that second stone. Uh, but we're supposed to have faith in God. We're supposed to be able to know that inside the package, it is exactly as God's word has said. So that when we look at, I know John Hash has a, has a pocket knife, but I'm not going to use it. Uh, so, so when we look and see in his word, and we see over and over and over that his word is exactly what he said, and over and over and over, the promises are still true. And no matter how far we go, no, you can't have one because you didn't believe it. Uh, so, but listen, uh, yeah, you believe it because you saw it. Yeah, that's right. But here's the thing. Here's, here's what we're going. Hey, church, sometimes you can't see what's in the box. And we have to trust his word. We have to trust what he has said is the truth. And that means when I lose my job. That means when I go to the doctor and get a bad diagnosis. That means when things aren't going the way that I would plan and my future isn't panning out the way that I wanted it to. And God's word says, hey, I'm still here. God tells us in his word and makes us a promise and says, I won't leave you. I'm still going to be with you. And we have to exercise our faith in God. Remember, Hebrews 11.6 says, without faith it is impossible to please him. Without faith. Hey, we can say all we want to that we believe him, but do we have faith in God? Thank you, Dominic. You can go sit down. So stone number one, what's the first stone? To have a what? Relationship with God. What's stone number two? The Word of God. What's stone number three? Faith in God. All right. Sounds good. All right. The next stone. What is stone number four? Uh, Hunter, you going to help me? All right. Stone number four. Is all of us, hey, we need a relationship with God. You're going to stand on that first step. Thanks, sir. All right. All of us need, you're good. All of us need a relationship with God. We need the Word of God. We need faith in God. But we need something practical, tangible that we can see. Can you read? No? Okay. All right. Good. I'll read it for you. <laughs> that says the, it says the people of God. What's it say? People of God. Hey, you can read. Good. All right. Okay. So stone number four, we all need the people of God. Do you realize that we need each other? We need each other. And we need the people of God. God allows us to be a part of his family. He opened his arms wide when he died on the cross and extended us an invitation to be a part of his people, to be a part of his group. So when we talk about our friends and the people that we spend time with, they should be the people of God. 
The people who have the most in common with us because the one thing that unites us that the world knows nothing about is the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the one thing that we have in common with other believers that the world doesn't know. They don't understand. But when we look at our life, do we have friends like that? Proverbs 18 verse 24 says, A man that has friends must show himself friendly. But there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. We think about we have a relationship with God. We have the Word of God that reminds us of who He is. And then we have faith in Him and exercise that faith. And then we have the people of God to encourage us and stand behind us and beside us and push us and encourage us and tell us, you can do it. You can go. You can make it. We need the people of God. We need those kind of friends in our life. And remember, David was on the battlefield all alone. He had no friends out there, but he wasn't really alone, was he? He had God. He had a friend that stuck closer than a brother. And remember, even after David won the battle and God allowed him to win the, win the fight, remember, David had that uncommon friend, that, that friend that nobody would have expected him to have when Jonathan befriended David and they were bosom buddies, best friends, even knowing that Jonathan's dad wanted David dead. And Jonathan stuck his neck out for David over and over and over. But we need the people of God. Thank you so much. Hey, what do we need? What's stone number four? Good. All right. Good deal. I knew you could read, Hunter. All right. So we need. All right. What was number one? Stone number one. We need a what? Relationship Relationship with God. Number two, we need the word of God. Number three, we need faith in God. Number four, we need the people of God. Who are the people of God? Us. That doesn't help me. Uh, who are the people of God? Uh, look, look around. Uh, who are the people of God? The people who come to church, all right? Other believers, other people who have trusted Christ, other Christians, the people of God. So that's stone number four, but what's the last stone? We need a, and David had a, number five, desire for God. A desire for God. Now, when we say a desire for God, what does that mean? When it says we need a desire for God, what does that mean? Kennedy? You want him? Yep. Okay. What else could it mean? A desire for God. Malachi? Something you beg for. Yep. All right. So what else? Liberty? Okay. All right. A desire for God is that we want what he wants. We want to do what he wants to do. A desire for God means that when he says, hey, I want you to do this, we say, yes, sir, and we do it. A desire for God means, look at verse number 46. It says in verse number 46, this day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee, and I will give the carcasses of the hosts of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there's a God in Israel. God wants his name to go forth, and God uses people like us to make it happen. God uses normal, everyday people, crazy people like us, to make that a reality. You see, guys, God is bigger than any giant we'll ever face, any problem we'll ever have, any hardship we'll ever endure. God is bigger. He's bigger than the giant. And grown-ups, God is bigger than anything we'll face. God is bigger than that boss who doesn't like Christianity. God is bigger than the month of June when every flag is flying and it's not the flag that we believe in. God is bigger than all of it. And remember, the Bible still says that every knee will bow and every tongue confess that He is Lord. 
to the glory of God the Father. So when we look at our lives today, we can sit back and we can, woe is me, look at the world. Or we can focus on the fact that we have a big God who is still in control. And nothing has changed. This month doesn't change a thing. God is still in charge. And still behind the scenes working. And isn't it awesome that we get to come to a place every single week where we see Him at work? In spite of what's going on in the world around us, God is still saving souls. He is still discipling new believers. He's still seeing, we still get to see people take next steps for His honor and glory. And He puts those people in our lives that have a desire for God because that's us. We need a desire. We need His desire. So we see the stones. All right, what was the first stone? We need to have a relationship with God. Number two, we need the? Number three, we need faith in God. Number four, we need the people of God. Number five, we need a? Desire for God. All right, so what's the last point tonight? Oh, I haven't given to you. All right, we see the stones, number one. Number two, we see the soldier. The soldier. In verse 41 through 44, remember Goliath? Remember that big guy, Goliath? Hey, Mr. Joe, can you help me here for just a second? Hold this. Just keep pulling. Pulling, 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 pulling. Stop right there. All right? So, Mr. Joe... See if you can stand that up. All right. There you go. I'll let you hold there. Okay. Oh. Try again. Try it again. All right. Here we go. We're not leaving until we get this right, y'all. Okay. You got it? All right. So that is 10 feet. That's how tall Goliath was. All right. That's how tall Goliath was. Now, can you imagine? Be like, hey. Imagine David. David was a teenager, all right? So David was, let's just use Dominic again, all right? Because Dominic is a small teenager, okay? All right, so now look here. How many of you think, if you're just looking at the size of these two, how many of you think that Dominic is going to win? Put your hand down, Malachi, all right? Look, look at this. Comparative. Hey, Dominic, David versus Goliath. Dominic is going to die. Right? Yep. Go sit down. Thank you. All right. But 10 feet tall giant. This, this is what David walked out on the battlefield to face. And he wasn't just tall. This is not just some tall string mean. Most commentators believe that Goliath weighed 600 pounds. Not, and not fat 600 pounds. We're talking about a muscular warrior of a man who was just as big from side to side as he was up and down. So think about this guy out on the battlefield, and he looks out and sees a man coming. Thank you, Mr. Joe. He looks out and sees David coming and says, oh, goody, I'm going to go and fight. But how many of you have ever looked at something way far away and it seems really big? Or you, don't really, you can't really tell how big it is until it gets really close. Well, Dave, Goliath got excited, and the closer he got, look at verse number 41 in your Bible. Verse number 41, it says, And the Philistine came on and drew near unto David, and the man that bare the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him. When he got close enough to realize how small David was compared to him, how tall he was, he started making fun of David. He started picking on David. 
He started saying things about David. It says in verse number 43, And the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog that thou camest to me with staves? Hey, did you just send somebody here to play with sticks with me? It says, And he cursed David by his gods. And then verse 44, here's the last verse. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and the beasts of the field. Goliath looked at him. Big, tall Goliath. How tall was Goliath? He was how many feet tall? Ten feet tall? Goliath looked at David and said, You are nothing compared to me. You are nothing compared to my gods. But what did David have that Goliath didn't? He had God. He had had a heart for God. He had a desire for God. See, we look at our lives today. Goliath looked at what he saw and believed that David was no match for him. But David focused on what he knew and that the giant was no match for his God. He knew what Goliath didn't. He knew that the giant was no match for God. And hey, for us today, our giants are no match for our God. Our giants are nothing in comparison to our God. No matter what we hear, no matter what we think. Because remember, what's this all about? Verse 47, remember David said, what did he tell Goliath after Goliath stormed and cursed at him? How did David respond? It says in verse 47, all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. David's confidence, he had a relationship with God. He had the word of God on his side. He had faith in God. He had the people of God. And he had a desire for God. And because of those things, that soldier that was bigger than everybody was no match for David's God. And for us today, no matter what we face, older adults or young kids, our giants are no match for our God. Our God is greater. But we need to trust that he's fighting for us. And sometimes we just need to get out of the way and let him do what he does best. Because the minute that you and I try and fix the problem and fight the battle, we mess it up. We mess it up. We need Him. And church, can we all agree tonight that we need Him a whole lot more than we realize and we acknowledge? We need Him. The song says, I need thee every hour. It's true. We need Him. And as we grow up, that doesn't change. Whether you're young or old, we realize that we need Him. Every hour. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for your word. And thank you for the opportunity we have, Lord, to worship you together. Lord, thank you for the story of David and Goliath. And the fact that we know that our, the giant that we face in our lives, our giant is no match for our God. Lord, I ask that you please help us tonight to acknowledge that and lean into the relationship that we have with you. Help us to trust your word and have faith in you. And help us to surround ourselves with the people of God to encourage us and point us back when we go off course, we go astray. And Lord, help us help our desires to be your desires. Help us to have your desires in our lives so that we can bring you glory through our lives. We love you and thank you for loving us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're going to have our prayer time now.